You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. So we're ready to take that journey into mystery. And with me, as always, every week is Ian. But we have a special guest this week, the Pat Edwards. He's an author. He's a podcaster. I listen to Let's Rewatch all the time. And content creator. And now one of the creators of a D&D set theme. How do you exactly do you? <laughs> I would say box set, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> Hi, all my buddies. Um, no, it's a, uh, I guess you would call it a camp, a campaign. Like a campaign, a, like expansion. Campaign. Did you say that? Um, I mean, it can expand. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an entire new setting, world, lore, campaign. Um, if you have an existing established world, you can probably, you know, plug it onto your continent somewhere, you know, and it's like, just like super glue it on there, the region. So the story um, behind the Red op- Opera and how you got involved is, is pretty awesome. Could you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks. So um, so myself and another writer named Rick Hines, who does who writes like GM tips for Geek and Sundry and Nerdist. Um, yeah. And Rick and I met and we hit off our first novels. Each were published by the same publisher. And we both are from Chicago originally. Um and he came to my first, we, we had talked online a lot and he came to my first book signing. We hit it off really well and just became friends and stayed in touch. Um, and then he is friends also with this band, Diamorte, who's based out of Chicago. They're like a gothic metal band. They're signed to Dark Star Records, which is like the label that has like Black Sabbath and a lot of metal bands and rock bands. And um, they had this stage show and they've been talking forever it's actually like an opera. There's actually a narrative, a story that they act out on stage. And, uh, well, nor in normal times, they have a stage show that they perform. <laughs> it's like, um, but, uh, they had always talked about adapting it. And finally Rick was like, let's just, I'll just do it. Let's just make it happen. And, and then he reached out to me cause he knew, um, I had never created anything professionally in tabletop gaming or D and D, but you know, I'm a, I'm a professional writer. It's my, it's what I do. And also I do love D and I'm on, um, a weekly stream on the geekly Inc channel. We're do you know, we play, we're playing through descent into Avernus. We're going to do Icewind, uh, Dale next, as soon as we finish up, which we're near. Icewind zeroing Dale's in. Fun. Have you already, have you already like started it or, uh, <clears throat> I'd say it's a lot of fun in the means of like, I've read through the book, and like, <laughs> I, I do like, i do the thing I, I i i play in a lot of games yeah. and i can never find the people to play that like want to play the modules with me because mm-hmm. it's a lot of homebrew kind of stuff so like i'll pick up modules and i'll thumb through it and be like oh man this would be so much fun like this sounds so good and ice mm-hmm. Gale is definitely on my list as as one of those things yeah so I, I can tell that tim lanning our dm has been like uh all of a sudden like speed running us because <laughs> like I just want to finish, I want to finish this and go on to the next, the next new shiny thing. But uh, so, so kind of like finishing that story. So um, 
Rick brought me in because because it's a lot of work, right? To create a, it's you're not just because you're not just writing a story. You're not just writing a narrative. You actually have to have gameplay elements uh, and encounters and puzzles, and it's got to be you know a fun experience for players and, and DM GMs alike. So he and I uh, worked together to write it. We had a few other writers. We'd sometimes a uh, great guy named uh, Joe Asafani who helped on some of the uh, ancillary work in it. And then we have some guest writers doing stretch goal and side quests. But basically what we did is we took the story very, very, very like liberal adaptation because it's not perfect, but we took the underlying story and concept of the album and the stage show, uh, the red opera. And what's funny is there's 10 songs, 10 tracks on the album so we use that as a framework, and that's the title of all of our chapters in, in, in the campaign. There's 10 narrative chapters of the main campaign, and each one is the same title as one of the tracks on the album. And so we built this fleshed-out world city narrative campaign. Um, and it was a very it started as a really tight campaign. It kind of blossomed into a bigger thing, and now there's a lot more going on. Because as of us recording this, we've unlocked our today at the day of it we're recording this we've unlocked our fourth big stretch goal and now we've got uh three side quests and three new original subclasses for warlocks because it's a very warlock heavy themed uh warlocks are definitely the through line where this is a a warlock centric campaign we have this uh rick and i plan to do more campaigns and we're kind of creating our own little uh organization storytellers forge to create this and we have this idea where we want to take a class each time and make that kind of the centerpiece and the kind of the through line and really explore dive deep on what makes that class unique and we started with warlocks because it just kind of really fit with the gothic lore of the Shadelands. and for those who don't know in D&D the way a warlock gets their power is they have a pact with a patron who is in some powerful otherworldly being could be benevolent, could be evil, could be neutral, could be anything you want it to be. And uh, we're really exploring that nature of the packs and what it's what what sacrifices is it worth making for the, the power you gain. That's so cool. <clears throat> and I'm really excited to see the Warlock subclasses because Warlock is one of my favorite classes to run. Just because yeah. I, I don't play anything that's not charisma-based. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just to ask a few questions like yeah to to write something in this way as opposed to writing a novel or writing a screenplay oh man it was and i've done both because i actually also in quarantine i wrote a short film that was shot completely in quarantine over a video call and that's in post-production right now Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Ash, actually, Ash directed it. That's uh, right. Ash Blood, and we'll be sending it to film festivals soon. It's actually about a group of eight friends trying to uh, get a D and D session going while in quarantine. <laughs> Life keeps getting in the way. Um, we we got uh, that's a real quick plug because that's gonna be cool. Is um, uh, Ify and Wadiway is in it, and he's someone who's really known in so- certain nerd circles. And then someone I think uh, some of your listeners and viewers might know is. Matt Young, who plays Usador in Hello from the Magic Tavern, is in it as well. That's awesome. Um, but uh, so it, it was a very unique challenge. Going back to Mitch, your original question, uh, very, very different from just writing a novel or a screenplay. Um, 
I think I had a difficult but a slightly more fun job than Rick because Rick's kind of Rick has been kind of the spear. We I you know we're, we're partners, but he was really like the spearhead of the project, and he was really the narrative driving force um, of it. My main task, and uh, I got to design. When I say the toys, so. I created uh, the main setting, like the city where it takes place. And most of the encounters that the players will endure puzzles, you know, enemy fights, monster fights. It's all original, uh, pretty much all original other than like your mainstays, right? Your, your elves, your dwarves, your, your, your mainstay, your species and races. Um, we didn't, we actually, when we, when it came time for like monsters and things to fight, we, we tried to do everything as original content. Wow. So I got to create all these different encounters and set pieces. And they're like, oh, isn't this going to be cool when they have to do this and this? And um, one thing I like to talk about that I'm really proud of when it comes to the encounters and the combat in particular is there's no real static combat, I'll say. Because uh, I think like in 5th edition especially, you can fall into this trap. Uh, combat can be a little bit of a chore sometimes when it's just, you're just in a room and there's four orcs with axes in your party and you each are going to take turns hitting each other until one of you is dead and then you can move on. Um, the word that was kind of our theme word for creating these encounters was dynamic. Everything's got to be dynamic. Whereas um, almost every single time if you're in combat, there's also something else like narratively or mechanically happening that you have to be worried about or concerned about that you have to address and deal with. So it's, uh, this isn't in the book, but it's like, a, yeah, these things are fighting us and we got to fight them, but also don't let the baby fall in the river. You know what I mean? There's something else going on that requires your attention. So it's not purely a, you hit me, I hit you. Uh, hopefully I do, you know, do more damage to the diets. We have to get this other thing accomplished while fighting off these enemies. Mm-hmm. Very That's, cool. That sounds awesome. Like I'm, I'm really excited to be able to check that out. Thank you. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty crazy, and to see how you know, see it all kind of coming to fruition because it's something we've, I've been working on for a, a year now, but almost exactly a year now. So. That's really like you, you had, uh, Ian, you had mentioned like, oh, like the new, I mean, I'll give you a, like kind of a teaser for each of those yes, please. classes. I'll take anything you can give um, me from Warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've made like one and a half of them. So there's three of them. And then um, one is a hundred percent an original creation of one of our guests, Michael. And he did this really cool. It was two stretch goals. We unlocked this side quest called the performance and tatters where there's this old God, this old one patron who comes to town. Who's like this really eccentric, but creepy a uh, guy who puts on like plays and performances in towns and they, the performances drive like the townsfolk mad and stuff. And then he, it will come into play at some point where basically the players are going to be forced like to role play and put on a play for him or be driven insane. Or he like kidnapped their souls to his plane of existence Ooh. and stuff. Um, and then there's a subclass yes. tied to that. That's kind of, it's called like the artist warlock where it's kind of it's very performance based my favorite thing about it is um michael who wrote it he put um you get like instead of a familiar you get like a little animated marionette like a little pinocchio thing that's like animated that's like kind of acts like you're familiar i was like yes that is really cool and i want a creepy little marionette doll to be my little buddy um 
Chat, please give us some hype for this. This is amazing. <laughs> All I can think of is a little jigsaw doll. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one was one of my babies was a class called the Evermore. And it's a warlock that is all time-based powers. Is there a special, their unique um, spell set that only they can access? And they operate out of this creepy Tim Burton-esque clock tower in the city we created. And um, these are awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then the the other one that we just uh, unlocked today was one that I kind of like started down the process, and then was I c- couldn't flush it out. So we brought in this guest writer, Jaron Johnson. Who have either of you heard of um, Monsters of Merca? I've heard of it in passing. <laughs> it was like a re- it's it's like a five e parody satire campaign where it reskins. And uh, essentially, you're going against a, up an evil overlord who is a very if you just Google anyone, Google Monsters of Merca. It's a it's a very blatant. Uh, send up satire of our current administration as evil <laughs> overlord um and murka as in murka like murka. um yeah. <laughs> and uh but jaren's great and he helped flesh out because in in conjunction with the side quest he helped flesh out that he wrote this uh other class that i really wanted to do but didn't know if i was going to have time to do everything on and it's also it's great to get fresh perspectives on things um so there's so much gas in the tank and it's really great to get fresh eyes on something. So that one is called the Soul Thief. And that uh, those warlocks are a little more. Uh, it, we I create we kind of thought of them as like a foil because the Evermore is kind of like a buttoned up, very regimented. They're time focused. They're very clean cut. The Soul Thief is a little more grisly, a little more gnarly because essentially what you're doing is you're stealing pieces of, of people's souls and creatures' souls, and in order to be able to essentially like shape shift and uh take on their abilities and appearances um i did a stream recently and i talked about it and someone in the, in the audience said it's like so it's kind of like a necromancer or a druid and i was like yes that's a great way of <laughs> describing it so it's a little more grisly a little more gnarly because it, it, it we're toying with these different mechanics where maybe you actually have to fit, have a physical piece of the body of the thing whose soul you're trying to drain and stuff so how are you going to get that right like how are you going to rp that and Fingers. I'm taking fingers. Yeah, taking fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I meet somebody. How many fingers you got? You don't need all of them. (laughs) So in chat here, uh, the Peppermint Gentleman, the so chat, Pep, we know Pep. We love Pep. He made all the graphics. It looks amazing. Um, He said, I want to point out how specific the don't let the baby fall in the river pull came up for you. Real planned one? (laughs) Mm -mm. It's a combination of multiple things. Um, <laughs> I have very, very small children, so babies are always kind of on my mind at all times. That makes sense. And there is a river that cuts through the middle of our city that plays a big role that you do not want to fall into. Um, okay. And you're going to be in a precarious <laughs> position at one point where you might fall into it. You don't want to, but you might. And you probably, probably, probably will. <laughs> chat. Don't, don't touch the water. It's, it's no good. Mm-hmm. No, no me gusta. It's no bueno. No. so if you uh saw on our twitter earlier the we put the link to the kickstarter for uh the the game um the module and uh we will also put it in our uh, show notes for this uh i can throw it in the chat if you want me to i got it right here the special special geek elite one i got here yeah i'll do it right now it's making me a greedier chat rules (laughs) <laughs> so uh, pretty much just don't be a tool in chat that's what they're saying. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, the next the next stretch goal we're trying to unlock actually is because it's so I'll, I'll give you guys kind of a, a rundown. It, it's been a wild ride so far. So we went live on September first, and um, we set the bar kind of low just because we wanted to kind of like what is the true minimum to actually get this thing printed right the true mm-hmm. true minimum like to get this thing existed existing in the world um and something people can still buy after the fact so is ten thousand dollars we hit that in 40 minutes four zero wow um it's pretty um, awesome yeah today is the ninth so we're you know nine days in we're at sixty five thousand dollars so that wasn't unlocked our fourth stretch goal it's been pretty freaking crazy with still 21 days to go it's wild um very excited the next one we've got on deck is this um basically we would be we've already been approached to kind of create a pilot new streaming show with alkian i don't know if anyone is alkian gersh different elves uh elia by night geek and sundry Mm -hmm. um they're connected to the critical role folks so that would be pretty fun That'd be awesome to be able to do. Yeah, it's 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 been pretty surreal. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> any other thing you? Want, I mean, I can talk for I can talk for literally hours <laughs> about like the lore. I can go into like if you want to talk more about <laughs> stuff that makes the book the game the book itself unique, the, the lore of it, the setting, whatever you guys want to talk about. So, I have a million questions, and I could keep you here for like the next three yeah, days let's do it questions. But we also have Thor Ragnarok to talk about. Oh, we do. That's right. That's right. We're not yes. only about right up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Chat, before we move on, I'm going to say right now, if you're in a spot that you can support anything right now, if you were going to sub to me, don't do that. Click that link. Toss that $5 at the project. Oh. Help them get where they need to go. Because this is awesome. You can see the passion that he's talking with right there. It's it's fantastic. Go help fund it. And then play the hell out of the module when it drops. Because like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you i mean just go look at the page go 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 look at the page because i got to give it up apotheosis studios who we partnered Rick and I, we partnered with to do the art and the printing and the layout and everything like publish they really went bananas with the art and the kickstarter layout and all the images are animated and it's just unreal i can't even i, I look at it every single day i'm like god how is this like the most gorgeous Kickstarter page ever. Um, <laughs> it's just really, really impressed uh, with the quality of work that they churned out. But yeah, big, big hats off to Apotheosis. Awesome. Okay. So, if you can go back to it, nine years into uh, the the MCU universe, or <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe universe, uh, the MCU, this is the... I think 18th movie in the, in the franchise. Like how did you feel going into the theater, going to check out Thor Ragnarok? Let's go to you first, Pat. Um, actually I'm very optimistic because of the trailer and because of Taika Watiti. Ooh. So you were a Taika fan before, uh, checking this out. Mm hmm. It's, um, seen what we do in the shadows the movie before the mm-hmm. show and um what was the other first thing he did that was really it's like a really lot of good. fight of the concords if yeah I mm-hmm. yeah i i am a big fan of the sort of new zealand brand yeah. of comedy yes i really enjoy that a lot um and it just 
looked different than the other two, the first two. And it was like, okay, they're trying something here. This like, okay, this is what this should be. This is what, yeah. What about you, Ian? I remember being cautiously optimistic. <laughs> anytime a Marvel movie comes out, you want it to be good. But, you know, I had been burned by the last two Thor movies, like standalone Thor movies. So it's like, I'm going to go see it, but I'm not happy about it. See, <laughs> well, and, to, and I want to preface my thing. I'm when I'm on board, I'm like a very loyal when I'm on board with something, a franchise. Um, I cut a lot of slack and I'm pretty easy to please in that aspect. Um, and I, it's been, it was not super recently, but it's within the last year. I did rewatch both uh, the, the first two Thors and like, they're still not terrible. There is no, there's no bad in my opinion, in my opinion, there <laughs> yeah. is no, there is no bad MCU movie. There are, aggressively okay ones <laughs> aggressively okay <laughs> extremely but, mediocre yeah yeah, yeah. extra medium <laughs> the, the nicest way to say that yeah. i love it <laughs> but it's not like i mean there are bad dc movies oh, all yeah. of them um and i i would honestly and that again it's all opinion it's all subjective in my opinion there's no bad or mcu movie there are ones that are like fine but they're not bad. They're still the, as I say, on let's rewatch. They're still a net positive experience <laughs> in watching them. <laughs> that's um, right. Everybody, go buy your net positive T-shirts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Case, <laughs> Case is a madman. The head, like one of the heads of our podcast network, is on a tear of merch creation lately. Of everything anyone says is on a T-shirt on our Teespring page. It's ridiculous. That's the way to do it, though. That's mm-hmm. the way to do it. Same. Uh, I, I I have to say I have to disagree because Iron Man two and I've talked about how much I do not. <laughs> uh, we're, 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 did you Iron Man two? Did you listen to our a, episode about? I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, I can't get over how much I do not like that movie in comparison to the rest of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would say that like I was so stoked for the first Thor movie and I I did enjoy it. And we talked about, you know, like the parts where I felt a little left down, let down. Uh, Thor 2 goes in such a different direction from the the first Thor movie. And then this one, like you could see from the trailer how different it was going to be once again. And you Mm -hmm. just love the fact that they figured out that Chris Hemsworth is a funny guy. He can comedy, like let him be funny. And Mm -hmm. keeping him up with Taika was just... Uh, a straight a uh, stroke of gold stroke of genius like yeah since since on this podcast we've already talked about one and two I'll, I'll i'll run you through my my feelings one i was more or less new to to thor like i knew who he was i didn't have a bunch invested in him one was okay one one was a one was a good time two was just a spit in the face i feel like <laughs> <laughs> two two had the problem of like it didn't really add much to the overall MCU. It just kind of it is its own thing. And I think it didn't move anything forward, really. Um, it just felt like a waste of time. Especially since, you know, once again, Loki dies, but doesn't die. Like, yeah. it, it's the, the things that happen into just seem like, oh, 
Well, now we're introduced to the ether, and I, it really feels like retroactively we're going to make the ether a infinity stone so that it seems just, like that was relevant. Yeah, they could. I, I'm sure that was retroactive. I'm sure that was not planned ahead of time. I'm sure that was, <laughs> yeah, like a, a lot of it. Well, like the whole um, Hella, the infinity gauntlet being fake, that obviously wasn't planned ahead right. of time. Like, I think I watched this on an interview where they, they seeded just a crazy amount of potential easter eggs in the because they weren't sure yet so like just do as many opportunities for little potential easter eggs as possible so it can look like it's um and they're open about it but they're like we just wanted to give ourselves you know plant lots of seeds they say to see what grows and what's Mm -hmm. there but yeah too i think i put a lot of it on the villains because they're just so they're literally faceless right they're just wearing like math and they're just like nothing they're just like magical space monsters it's like cool we had those in the first one with like the frost giants and it's like i don't know they're not it's not they're not iconic enough or you needed something more tied they were it was literally they were just so generic yeah there was nothing threatening about them and i put them in the same class as like putties from power rangers (laughs) that's very fair uh description there's kind of some similarity yeah Yeah, where they're just like there they're one like kind of thing away Mm -hmm. from being putties yeah no so going into three just the 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 total shift of tone and color and mm-hmm. and characters like you could just see it like it was so refreshing and you could tell that afterwards hemsworth was just revitalized with the character like he knew that mm-hmm. he's gonna be going into you know infinity war and in game uh as this character but like this changed him around as like oh i can do something else here instead of just oh. Dumb He's guy. not the only one. Did you know that uh, Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, was not going to do the third Thor movie? And then he read the he he was like, "I'm done with these." He read the script and changed his mind. I mean, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I think he saw a way out in like a in like a nice way, and he was like, "I'll give it one more. I'll <laughs> give it. I'll give it one more, and then I can be done." I mean, it it seems unfair that you don't ever see him in like like infinity war or in game like you, I, I feel like a, a cameo from him would have been good but i mean I, he is dead though it, he, no. he, him, him dead <laughs> yeah but he's also dead in this movie and at the very end he shows up to be like are you the god of hammers kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he hadn't all gone all the way to valhalla at that point I, I wanted that to be a korg line <laughs> he's got a hammers <laughs> also another great uh performance by taika himself to come in and, and voice the character of korg uh korg is my favorite mcu character <laughs> I, i'd i'd put him in my top three mm. it's it's korg and meek those two together meek yeah hey, so what you're saying is that you need a like road trip movie between rocket groot korg and meek to just I would love it. it i would love it are you kidding me I would do, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Corgi, he's so good. I just love the, um, the, like, like, he's just this big rock burly dude, but he's just so affable and bouncy. And I, 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 that speaks to my soul very much. That just like, I just love that vibe. And, uh, I I guess I think we're tight because, like, yeah, I I based him off of after like these like Polynesian bouncers 
in New Zealand who are like these massive dudes, <laughs> but all like real chill, you know, and just like, yeah, okay, you know, and they'll still fuck your shit up if you like get out of line, but they're like just really like calm and relaxed and like, you know, kind of very like whatever about it. And I, I dig that a lot. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so one of the things that I caught in this uh, recent viewing of the movie is uh, when when Loki is describing the Grandmaster's champion for the first, like without knowing that it's the Hulk, he's like, I've only heard, you know, such astonishing tales of it. And I was like, All right, wait, they used astonishing there. Let me check this out. <laughs> like Incredible Hulk number one is the Hulk's first like show like appearance but he only did nine issues of that and the, the book got canceled and then they went he shows up in tales to astonish like that's where he becomes big uh, there we go. uh did you realize that valkyrie doesn't have a name she's Everybody? valkyrie well i mean like she's part of the valkyries and they're like yeah she's scrapper like, whatever yeah she's like, that what? is I, I did always think that was weird and it's in the comics where it's like they just call her the character is just called Valkyrie in the comics too, but it's also yeah a title like a, a rank or something. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's like calling a ranger ranger. Is <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just I, I just I always thought that that was that they gave her a name in the movie, but I guess they don't. Scrapper one four two. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's 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 a, her that's, name. It's so. Fair enough. Like it's like, <laughs> just like I mean, it, it like kind of works because since she's the only one, I mean, yeah. it maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'll I'll just go out and say it. One of the biggest benefits and flaws of this movie to me is that they finally gave Thor a personality. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, why like, a flaw? Yeah, a flaw because he he spent all this time on Earth, and now his personality is like snarky space Tony Stark almost. <laughs> well, I feel like to be fair, that kind of makes sense because he spent all this time on Earth and with yeah. these, and they've influenced him. And I think that would be fair if someone who lived their whole life like in kind of a bubble, and then you're exposed finally to a new like culture, place, or nation, or in this case, planet. Um, you might. Uh, it's like um, we all had friends or new people that like did a semester abroad and then came back with uh, like a fucking Italian accent or something like that. It's like, okay. It's like, okay, Dan. Okay, Dan. Like, yeah. No, this isn't how we had our pasta in Milan. Like, fuck off, Dan. Okay. Like, you were there. You were there like four months. Relax. Calm down. <laughs> I'm I'm all the way here for the fact that he has a personality now. I'm all the way here for the fact that he's funny now because he's like learned how to loosen up and he's not just the god of hammers, but he's now a person who's the god of hammers. But it's just like I don't know. It feels I think it, but I think it kind of makes sense too in the sense of not only that it's Earth, but it's also maybe he feels like he has a weight lifted off his shoulders because he's not like taking the crown or expected a rule in his mind. He's like, I just get to go off and be a hero. Cause that's all I want to do is be a hero and like go on adventures. And that's what he's been doing since he like just disappeared in age of Ultron is apparently yeah. going on adventures and being a hero, which is just like his comfort zone. So I could see that where he's like, I'm looser too. It's like a combination of meeting with these people. It's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Also, I'm in this like really good place. Cause I'm feeling like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm in the job I'm meant to do type deal. And so I don't feel this pressure maybe 
That could be He's a not thing. I think it's it's great because the last time we did see him, as you said, was in Age of Ultron, and that's where he gets the vision of Ragnarok. And that's, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago in time, but in movies wise, like in the MCU, that was quite a few. Mo- Age of Ultron was quite mm-hmm. a few movies back. And this, I do. <laughs> speaking of, I do love that Age of Ultron is the one with Thanos. Like, fine, I'll do it myself. And then it's like six movies later, actually, finally. <laughs> yeah so uh you know he this is this movie is a direct result of him seeing that vision of ragnarok and and going out to figure out how he can stop it and uh we get he goes like the movie starts off with him with how do you say is it's solter Surter. Surter. like he's the what is going to be the cause of ragnarok and Thor's like, oh, well, I can just defeat him and thus save all of Asgard. But when we get to the end of the movie, it's like, oh, no, I need to cause Ragnarok so that we can save all the people. And like, I loved that turn, like the idea mm-hmm. that it doesn't we don't need to save Asgard. Asgard is us. Yeah. Because, you know who that voice was? of searcher? Oh, Clancy Brown. I love yeah. it. <laughs> like uh like when i first heard that I, I to me clancy brown will always be lex luther like i know other people think of him as the character from uh spongebob or the the mm-hmm. kirk from highlander but to me he'll always be lex luther from uh the animated series those dc animated series people are like ride hard for the voice actors Oh yeah, like oh, the yeah. classic, like the Kevin Conroy's and like the Mark Hamill Joker, and people are very, uh, very passionate about that. <laughs> about the DC animated voiceover actor stands are out in force. There, yeah, especially with the big anniversary of Batman the animated series just happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're all they're all. I mean, right now with good reason. They're great. Oh. Like they're all they're good. It's really weird to me. I feel like. Um, DC animated content is so much better. And then obviously like the Marvel, like major film motion pictures are way, way better. It's just really interesting how they've each excelled in different areas. True. (laughs) If DC would just understand that maybe we don't have to do live action stuff. Maybe we just put all that money Mm -hmm. into more animated stuff. Or or for fuck's sake, have a director who actually likes comics. Like, yeah Uh, yeah that that would be a good idea that would be a good idea like kevin feige that gets all the little intricate intricacies or whatever Mm -hmm. of the of the the world in the comics like god forbid you have the person helming your multi-million dollar project likes the property they're like (laughs) likes and respects the property because that's so hard to come by right (laughs) i mean you know apparently dc sony it is because like i mean (laughs) Zach famously like hates comics and like bans them on set and stuff like that and shit. It's crazy. Well, he's got a vision and that's about it. No. <laughs> you guys excited for the Snyder cut? I'm, no, I don't. Care. No, I'm not. I, I was care. on. I was on a podcast. Delightful human beings. I love them to death. Uh, and they about one of them mentioned they were like excited for it. I was like, really? I was like, is this supposed to be like four hours long? I was like, yeah. I'm like, so you saw Justice League. And your response was, you know what would make this better? More of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
darker tone and more of it. That's exactly what you're going to I mean, be. I'll watch it. Okay, I'm, I'm a hypocrite because I'm going to oh, watch, watch it. I'm watch it too. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to stand my ground. I will live vicariously through no, this. I will watch. There's movies like I watch every comic book movie eventually. There are ones I'm like, I'll just wait till it's on like HBO or something like HBO Max or whatever. You know, um, and uh, I end up watching all of them at some point. Oh, yeah. Again, I don't see a ton in theaters because even before COVID, because again, small children. And then, <laughs> you know, when we do, I do movies, it's like a day night with my wife. And then that's not, she's not always, you know, chomping at the bit to go see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, However, I, uh, I assume you took her to this one, Thor Ragnarok, and she loved it. No, I forgot who, who I saw this with. I didn't see it by myself. I've only seen two movies by myself, and that was Infinity War and Endgame, uh, and which is the only way to see them, in my opinion, because I can just sit there and be by myself and enjoy the moment. And uh, yeah, very much enjoyed that. Went on like both of them for like Friday afternoon matinees or something. <laughs> just <laughs> so uh, Pep and Chat just said uh, one story that messed me up about this film was that the pitch for the video included. Uh, was that the pitch video for it included the immigrant song and the higher ups involved said they'd never heard it, but the song being a def, uh, defining bit of the vision is core. That's to crazy. Well. So you're saying the, like the, the studio execs had not heard of the song, had not heard of immigrant song, the Led Zeppelin Which, song. That makes me go. Then where have you been? I, I mean, well, I, I guess I if they're, if they're Hollywood execs, cause Led Zeppelin is famously very stingy with letting their sure. music be in movies. Unless True. you're a camera crow, like it's only been like there's only like four movies ever that have been able to use a Led Zeppelin song. So I don't know, maybe because it wasn't in their songs aren't in movies. Hollywood executives don't know who Led Zeppelin is. <laughs> I mean, Immigrant Song was in uh, Jack of Rock. Yeah, Jack Black had to like mm-hmm. do a video to let them to, to get mm-hmm. them in School of Rock. And didn't they also it's literally movies? It's it was like the two, two Cameron Crowe movies. It's literally like almost famous. Another Cameron Crowe movie, School of Rock, and then this are like the only four movies that they've let their music be in. That's and it's so probably wild. They used it twice in this movie. Like <laughs> they probably mm-hmm. had quite a bit for it, and they like used it at the beginning and used it at the end. Like which makes sense to me. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good bookend, right? Because it's yes. the very beginning and then the end, and it's yeah. it's yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get into characters. Uh, we Fuck get. Yeah of new characters in this movie uh starting off with the grandmaster like i think in the the no you know, ian you don't like we'll get to it okay oh, man I, <laughs> I think in the, the the backside of the of the backstories of, of the characters the the grandmaster and the collector are supposed to be brothers and that oh, is, bro- oh really i had yeah. a different I had a thing where they both were the last of their respective species. And in that Marvel universe, whenever you're the last of the species, you become immortal and join like the elders and that cause like to preserve. And they're just both the last of the, maybe they're the last of the same species. Maybe I, that's what I've, I'd always heard that they were brothers, but they haven't made that a connection in the actual proper MCU yet. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I would, I would love to see the scene between Jeff Goldblum and Benicio del Toro, like yeah. I want to know how that plays out. The, I I can tell from Ian he's not. I find the eccentricity <laughs> uh, endearing and entertaining personally. 
Um, have either of you watched the seen the the little short they shot with him? It's in the if you watch like I I uh, bought it years ago digitally on Amazon in uh, like the bonus content too. It's after the movie. There's like a little short they did with him like as just some random dude's roommate on Earth. Like a little like, a little, like yes. you've seen that like Thor's uh Thor's roommate. Uh, he's the roommate in Australia, and he's just a terrible. He's just like a dude, Daryl. He's like it's Daryl. It's just like a normal guy, Daryl, and the Grandmaster is his roommate who answered an ad on Craigslist, Craigslist or something. Because they they did that one, and they did um, like where was Thor during Civil War? Yeah, that and, was that was before this one. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, but yeah, he Grandmaster because. Thor leaves and the Grandmaster moves in with Daryl. Like that's the whole point of it. Like, oh, okay. it's great. So that that sounds like fun. My, okay, I'm not trying to be contrarian here. I feel no, like no, I'm no. Always... You, man, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Like you're allowed to have your opinion. Like it's okay. No, um, I'm at this at this stage in my life. I'm just kind of over Jeff Goldblum. Really. You, you know you're you're too young. You can't be. No, I, Man, I'm just kind of. You're young. I'm just kind of over Jeff Goldblum. It happened a, when he did his interview on Hot Ones. Oh, and he I haven't watched taking, it. Okay, well he's he's taking just the little tiniest little like like not even a taste of a bite oh. off of these wings. He's like, I have a jazz album I have to record, and my voice needs to be good. It's like you knew your schedule. Why did you do this to yourself? That's fair. Uh, I don't know if I've watched the hot ones since Paul Rudd because I feel like none of them are going to be as good as that. So it's like, why? His, his is earlier than that. Like, it, oh, it was okay. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the earlier ones. Okay. Um, but for some reason, that that interview just stained him for me. Where it's just like you you knew your schedule and you're going to come that, in here and be and be like, uh, uh, I'm not. That's play fair. The rules. And he's just walking around like, whoa, hey, I'm professionally myself forever, and I don't have to act anymore. That was weird. We lost, we lost Patrick. He's, he's he's upset about my Jeff Goldblum take. Why would you say such things about Jeff Goldblum and make him so like, We can't have guests on this show if you're just gonna do stuff like that. <laughs> One of the things I loved about uh, the introduction to the Grandmaster is. And I remember catching this when I first saw it, but you with the part where Thor is in that chair, and uh-huh. you know the stuff's going by him real fast, and he thinks he's it's moving faster and faster. You can hear the faint music from Willy Wonka, like in that scene, the boat scene. Like it's can you really? Yes, yes, yes. that's it's, awesome. <laughs> it's one of the things I love. So you can hear us now, Pat. Yeah, my Discord is like crashed and restarted oh. Yay. Oh, that's fun so <laughs> in all that's that's my that's my beef with the character that aside he does have some good moments like um between him and topaz where he's like ah, i don't like the s word <laughs> like every time he does that that's a that's a legitimately fun moment or like why are you handing me the melty stick why, why are you doing that it's good but i don't know <laughs> I might just be butthurt. I don't know. Now we we saw him in the credits for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Like I wanted, I want to know if James Gunn had plans for him to be in there, and they didn't use him. But for whatever reason, like he's he, he's dancing around. I I believe in that. And where do you where would you like to see him in a, in the future MCU? 
I want to see the I want to see the 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 brothers meet up at some point. Okay. It would just be interesting. Just I also I think I'll die on this hill. I think that if Bowie hadn't hadn't passed away, he would have been perfect for either the collector or the grandmaster. And <laughs> if you could have just had him be both. And <laughs> wasn't uh, he going to be the collector? I, I don't know. I think I remember hearing that. That that could be a thing, but I, I wanted that so bad just for like the like now like for everything that Bowie is, it would have just been perfect. Just eccentric like, and beautiful and mysterious well, and then just I'll, goofy and aloof. Perfect. All I can think of is is the collector being like Jareth now from <laughs> Labyrinth. <laughs> that's that's perfect. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely here for that. And then well, you have the then you have the grandmaster who's just Jareth, but in neon. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like you just if if there's any way to compartmentalize the the hot ones interview, you didn't find anything fun at all about his portrayal and like he's just like randomly DJing at this party and he's silly and he's like uh he's just this big like weird eccentric but also psychopathic goof like every time every time i hear the it's my birthday yeah. <laughs> yeah. i want to like it i do <laughs> if i can if i can watch it and just completely detach him from being jeff goldblum I could be down because there's so much in that character that's just fun. I I'm just stuck. And <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> what about you, Pat? Where would you like to see the Grandmaster in a future movie? <laughs> Pat. Yeah. Oh, where would you like to see him in, the Grandmaster in a future uh, MCU movie? Um, I think. Where where would I like to see him? Yeah, like if you were to see if he were to show up in, a, in another another movie, I mean, it could be the next Thor movie that we know we're going to be getting. Uh, it could be a James mm-hmm. Bear, the next Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. But you know, if if it could be with any any particular uh, character, where would you like to see him? That's oh man, the Grandmaster. I'm trying to think. Yeah, give me a second to like run down. I mean, he's yeah, Tony Stark's gone. Trying to think of someone that would be an interesting foil for him. I mean, like, yeah. Who would be a good foil for him? Like, I, I mean, we have Eternals coming up. We have, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like existing or ones we know that are coming. Um, what are you laughing about over there, Ian? <laughs> Chat's killing me right now. I don't want to, I don't want to throw off anybody's train of thought. I, I have to share this real quick. Okay. Uh, the Pep said the best part of the Grandmaster for him was the the orgy ship. Yeah, <laughs> it was just just the orgy ship. And then Canadian Wolverine says, "No, I get it. Jeff uh, Jeff Goldblum comes off super douchey, but that works for a bad guy character. I have a strong impression Jeff Goldblum is the kind of guy who keeps kissing your partner's hand, no, how, no matter how many times <laughs> you send the signal for him to stop. For the both of you." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just funny. That, that just tells me that he needs to go and like be like face to face with uh, 
Jane Foster Thor. Like, that, what's that gonna, that gonna look like in in that third, fourth movie, fourth Thor movie? Mm-hmm. So, how about Valkyrie? Uh, we know now at the end of Endgame, she is the leader of Asgard. You know, on Earth. So, where was it that you would love to see her show up again? Is she going to show up in in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder? I hope so. I enjoy her a lot, and she is a really good counterweight to Thor. They had, I think they had really good sort of chemistry uh, in this and in um, Endgame. Just as like, uh, but it's interesting because like what I really like about their relationship is how when they first meet, Thor is like very focused on trying to get and accomplish uh, his goal and his task, and she's kind of in a. I'm drinking myself slowly to death. Fuck everything. Everything sucks. Uh, kind of in like this failures spiral because of a fail, you know, because of her traumatic issue, you know, years and years and years ago. Right. With Hela. And then an end game, it's flipped, right? Where she's very focused and clear headed and trying to take care of the last surviving as guardians. And Thor is in this like failure spiral from his own trauma and failure. And again, failures. Um, so I, and I think that they uh, play really nicely off of each other, um, and so I think she she would be really comfortable, like because he gets will get on his own like hero bullshit, but she has no time for that, and we'll call him out on that. Mm-hmm. So I could see her in that. I think um, her with like whatever like the new Avengers end up looking like, like the young like the with Captain Falcon and would be interesting. Okay. Because her having her perspective on things on Earth, kind of that like fish out of water, where they've been living here for a little while, but she still has like would just have a very um, cynical approach to things that they come across. Mm-hmm. And like I, she, I, she, she becomes like the Thor of the New Avengers essentially because she is an Asgardian, so she can mm-hmm. you know fuck some shit up. And obviously, so, a very skilled fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Kennedy Wolverine here in chat says, I feel like Valkyrie and Captain Marvel would play really nicely off of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I'd now, be down. Do you yep. think, I, one thing I did love about the movie is that there's no uh, love story between Thor and, and Valkyrie. I was thinking, yes. Mm-hmm. But do you it, think it, at any point in time that they were thinking of doing that? I do think they were thinking that because there are points, are, especially early on, there's like shots. Where like these weird, like there are definitely some shots. I think they were thinking, and I saw there was a quote from Taika that he he says something in the effect of like like eighty percent of the dialogue is ad like uh, the movie he said was like ad libbed and kind of like really? improvised and like we'll just see where we're going with this. Um, <laughs> I definitely think they were they I definitely think they they thought about it and played around with it, and I feel like you can if you look the first half of their scenes together i feel like there's the, some shots that they were the way they did it where it looks like thor is like checking her out kind of and it's like right. uh, you know like um and then they I'm, i am happy they went away from that though yeah um pep wants to know from uh yeah he wants to know pat are you a fan of the upcoming secret wars thor story in love and thunder and are you familiar with that run of thor and excited at all um i'm very excited about it because again it's taika 
and it sounds like it's going to be weird. I'm not intimately familiar with the comic book run of that story. So I'm so maybe I'm way off base, but I'm very just on the fact that it's. T- I feel like now that they've done their big, huge tentpole saga with the Infinity Marvel, I- I'm very excited for what they're going to do because I feel like they're going to let things get a little weird because you're doing Love and Thunder and you're doing uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, 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 what is it? Mad? Uh, fuck. The Mad- multiverse. Multiverse of Madness or That's whatever. What yeah, yeah. Um. So I, I dig that. I, I'm all for like, give me, just get weird with it and be fun and be earnest, and it's gonna be great. And that's what I think this because like Ragnarok, part of what makes it so great is like, it's just fucking weird, but it's fun weird, and it's something that it it, it came at a really good time because they definitely would have never let this one go through earlier in the process. I feel like, mm-hmm. but it's so great. It's so weird and fun. It's literally like. I almost got mad. I liked it so much because I was like, well, fuck, I can never make a Marvel movie because they've already made the movie I would make. <laughs> I like it so much. I was mad about it. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if anyone's read uh, like my, like my novels here, space tripping, the uh, it's like very, I mean, without, there's no like hero saving the universe, but it's very similar, like humor. And it's more like, uh, kind of like, uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, but with like, more cursing and beer drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, I'm very excited for, for what I know, which again, I'm not intimately familiar with the comics run. I am very excited for love and thunder. It's probably what the one I'm most excited for, um, in the, ne- in the next coming lineup. If for no other reason, then it's, you know, it's still Taika Waititi again, and Chris Hemsworth has shown that he can make be incredibly funny and endearing and awesome as this character. So I'm excited. I, I think they're going to expand more on that. So one, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ian. I was going to say like you're, you're in a good spot with it. Secret war was a lot of fun. And Jane Foster Thor is fantastic. So yeah. I'm all for it. That, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a good time. Dude, all for it. Yeah. So uh, one of the I think is the coolest Easter eggs that's in the in the movie itself is is in the statue of champions. You see the face of either Beta Ray Bill or a race that is a person of that's of the same race of Beta Ray Bill. Thus, I feel like it's, yeah, yeah. Thus, thus mentioning that there is Beta Ray Bill in this universe, which mm-hmm. I believe we have been told that we're going to be getting in Love and Thunder. I'm not sure. I hope but, so. Yeah, isn't Man Thing one of the other ones in there too? No, is it? No. I, if, if it, I'm gonna find it. it, I'm gonna find the trivia on it. It really could I'm be. Like, I'm Google. I, I don't to the Google. <laughs> it's if you type Man Thing, that's the first thing that comes up is Man Thing. Thor Ragnarok is the suggested <laughs> fill. Um, yeah, it says Man Thing. Doctor Ted Salas was transformed into a magical empathic swamp creature, not to be confused with DC Swamp Thing. That's right. Beta Ray Bill and a couple others. But yeah, they they point him out on the building. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did did not pick up on that. So that's Take that, Mitch. In your face. In your face, Mitch. Cool. Roast Mitch right now. Roast him. Yeah. Either way. Tell him shame. Who would you like to see (laughs) Beta Ray Bill in the future Thor Love and Thunder movie? Oh, Jesus. Um... I feel like I'm terrible at these questions. You're on the spot. Like, uh, 
<laughs> my brain is fried too with like promo stuff. Uh, like I've, <laughs> it's also not I've done a streamer a podcast uh, like eight of the last ten nights. Um, <laughs> I got more tomorrow. I got another one tomorrow. Um, it's uh, who would be better, at Bill? Who would be better, at Bill? Who would be better, at Bill? I don't know. I like unknowns. Honestly, I like I like unknown actors a lot of times, unless it's that's cool. I I can dig that. Like, I mean, he doesn't even have to fit out, fill the body. Like, I imagine that's going to be Korg CGI. So if you just have a voice that you want to hear, like, I would love to see David Keith. Like, I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Or is it Keith David? Whichever the voice, whichever one. Oh, no, Keith David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith David. Yeah. Of uh, Goliath from Gargoyles. I think that'd be pretty mm-hmm. awesome. That would be great. For some reason, the first thing I thought was uh, Sam Elliott. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That'd be interesting. <laughs> it's just like, just the Sam Elliott as Beta Ray Bill, just out there mm-hmm. being Sam Elliott. You don't have to do much to change it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, what about like a? Because he's already been in the MCU. But what about like an older but a very distinguished British accent? Ooh, okay. So like an Ian. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Patrick Stewart. I mean, he was. I know it wasn't the MCU when he was X. You could do Ian McKellen. You could do Ian McKellen. You could do Patrick Stewart. I like both of those. Har- uh, Harvey Firestein, not English, but no. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with that one. Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried, send it. Put it on paper. Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried, send it. Uh, Wallace Shawn. <laughs> wow <laughs> oh uh Wolvie and chat just shared an image i pulled it up uh defining who the the people on the statue like yeah did you did you look at that at all yeah because it's it's man thing at the top aries beta ray bill and by beast by beast really yeah it's the two heads on top of each yeah, other yeah yeah okay I'm, I'm glad taika went deep for that and I'm uh, just thinking Ares. <laughs> Ares, yeah, from the new Avengers. Like it's the the Greek god of Ares. He's he's. I I enjoyed him the character when they when they brought him into the team. They were like, we need a Thor and we need a Wolverine. And they're like, hey, I got the guy that's both. Like I'm gonna do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just say less, fam. I got this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of Ian's favorite parts of the the show is uh, and we do this for Andy, who's usually listening. Who would Tom Cruise play in this movie, Thor Ragnarok? If you had to recast, <laughs> I mean, Grandmaster. Yep, right. It has to be the Grandmaster. It makes I was gonna say sense. Scourge. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, I feel like I, as much as I as as I, I was defending Jeff Goldblum. Sorry. By the way, during that time, just people behind the curtain when I Discord freaked out. My volume was all jacked up for like 10 minutes after that for some reason. It's fixed now. Everything's loud and clear. So if I was like spacey and out of it for like 10 minutes after, it was like because I was trying to get my fucking volume. So it didn't sound like you both were talking on the other side of pillows. Um, But I like the Jeff Goldblum Grandmaster. That being said, I think Tom Cruise, when he is like manic energy Tom Cruise, which Uh could do really well with that. Like the, the the jumping on the couch eccentric man, like crazy Tom Cruise. Like he could he could definitely, and he's shown he can do it because of like Tropic Thunder. He's shown he can yes. be very like out there and weird. So yeah, I think he could he would have done okay with that. 
I think you would have done a great job of there too. But yes, as the executioner, as uh, you take Carl Urban out, which I was so disappointed. Like Carl Urban's one of my favorite actors, and he was going to be in this movie. I honestly yeah. wanted him to be bolder when they announced that he was going to be in the movie, but he ends up being the executioner. Like they use him, and you definitely see like you see parts of Billy Butcher, like what he's going to end up using as Billy mm-hmm. Butcher's boys in this as uh, as Scourge. So I thought that was that's pretty awesome watching that now. Um, Either that or I just want Tom Cruise to be meek. <laughs> Doesn't even have any lines. No, he, and it's, it, he's credited in it for the mocap. Okay. He did all, <laughs> so he's just... <laughs> like, he's tiny uh, you don't have to move. You don't have to do much to move. He's Fenrir. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. We didn't talk about that, but uh, uh, Zachary Andrew again, and he's only in it for to say ah, and then die. <laughs> Broke my heart. Broke yeah. my heart. Uh, uh, what's the name of the guy who plays Volstag? Uh, Ray Stevens. He's in it again just to die. Yeah, both yeah. of them up. Idris Elba ends up having a much larger role than he has in the. They movie. man, oh, finally they they so under. One of the biggest crimes of the MCU is how underutilized Idris Elba was over the course of like. Yep, just for him to die like off, almost off like in the next. How movie. do you, you cast him as a character who just stands in a room and like doesn't do? It's like no, like when get him out budget. doing shit. <laughs> when when yeah. you got budget, you can do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot of the side characters that we liked. I mean, Jamie, it's not Jamie Alexander. What's her, what's her name? Yeah, Jamie. yeah, it is. Sif, who plays Sif? Yeah, Jamie Alexander. Listen, she was busy on a mission posing as an Earth human who had tattoos all over her body. That's right? the, uh, yeah, that's the in-world. <laughs> movie, which is unfortunate, too. So I hope Sif shows up again later. Um, Who that's not in the MCU yet, but no, we know we're going to be getting like X-Men wise, fantastic four wise. Would you love to see interact with Thor or Jane Foster Thor? Ooh. Ian, do you have anyone? Jubilee. Jubilee. Like with Thor or with, with, with Jane Foster, Jane Foster Thor. Okay. I think, um, beast and Thor would have riveting conversations. That would be pretty good. He's like asking him about like the nine realms and the nature and just being fascinated by it all. And I think, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see him be like, how exactly do you channel the lightning? He wants to get behind. Yeah. This- oh yeah. 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 He would be like the Bifrost. Fascinating. <laughs> he's upside do down. He's hanging lightning? from this. He's hanging from the ceiling with a notebook. And he's like, so rainbow bridge. Okay. But you are like, I, I feel like he would just be, peppering with questions to the point where Thor who likes to talk about himself would actually be a, an over it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want that conversation of how do you channel the, how do you channel lightning? I just do. Yeah. I like, and then Thor would just start making stuff up because he doesn't want to look like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Starts making stuff yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or like I would, I would see beast being like, so you don't actually fly. You throw the hammer so hard and hold on to it that it pulls you. I don't know. I fly. Understand how that works. <laughs> um, for people in the MCU that we ha- like that we'd want to see in the MCU, Wolvie said Luke Cage. If that ever happens again, okay. Um, and Pep said Space Hercules. Space Hercules. Is there? 
a, a wait. So Hercules. Okay. I call him Spercules. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're if we're staying there, I'll co- Cosmic Ghost Rider. Cosmic Ghost Rider again. <laughs> here, he, here he is. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know who I'd want to see. Uh, oh, the Gladiator from X Men, like the Shi'ar yeah. family. Like, mm-hmm. just he comes in and Thor is like, fight. you know, I was a Gladiator once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was With a champion. eyebrow cock and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it sounds like both of you are, are are at least looking forward to Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. Um, is there yeah. any? you'd love to say about this particular movie this one gave me hope for the future of thor like I, if if we had gotten another thor movie like dark world then i kind of would have just been over thor standalones mm-hmm. but this one was a, a breath of fresh air um pep and i had the conversation i don't hate this movie by any means is it at the top of my list eh, not really <laughs> It's it's in a it's in a respectable place, but <laughs> <laughs> it it saved Thor for me. That that's fair. Yeah. This movie is for me at least just pure raw uncut fun. I think I think it's just so much fun and enjoyable, and um, still has like something to say about like like you know how like Asgard's the people it's not its place about with Thor kind of coming to terms with what kind of leader he's going to be with Loki having to kind of figure out what kind of person he wants to be because he's someone who is like constantly changing and doesn't do good with permanency because he's always changing and shifting for the moment but it's kind of like he's kind of forced to be like it's like nah man you can't do that anymore like make a decision like who are you gonna be yeah um and I just think it's so enjoyable and it like, I love stuff that is beneath the surface, actually really, really smart, but wraps it in a package where someone just passing by and might be like very surface level. Oh, it's like goofy and slapstick and stuff like that, where it's got this is a, it's the colors are beautiful and bright. It's gorgeous to look at. And there's lots of like very surface level stuff. It's kind of like, lowbrow or slapsticky but there's so much nuance too throughout the movie like little looks that are perfectly timed and hilarious loki's reaction when hulk comes out in the arena is so great (laughs) um (laughs) yeah 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 um just these little things little lines here and there like uh the i would watch a mark ruffalo chris Hemsworth buddy movie series like all day every day when they're when he's you know as Bruce Banner and when he's first back as Bruce Banner and they're, and they're on the ship and just it's I find it so very enjoyable. It, it is my personal favorite. Um, it's one I've probably seen the most. And I I don't when I when we rank MCU's honestly I have this thing where I like I feel like you have to put Infinity War and Endgame just kind of in their own thing. Yeah, because they're this own like people that always want, I'm like. They they're both fucking practically perfect. They're phenomenal, but they're their own like thing. I don't know. Mm. But almost I almost when I want to play that game, I was like, put those two over there, and then give me your top three that aren't those two. You know, like <laughs> so. But I yeah, I enjoy it. and the fact that it is Taika again. I'm super excited for Love and Thunder. 
so uh I put this note when and this is this was one of the my greatest conversations with Pat on Twitter was I put I put Thor Ragnarok at 15 on my list of, of I forgot of, we had that yeah I blocked it from my memory because like I was like I don't need the yeah you don't need that kind of negativity in his life however mm-hmm. I don't want to say that it's because I didn't like the movie I love this movie I would say it is probably one of the most rewatchable of the MCU like I'll you can it that for sure this and just have a good time every time you watch it uh i just don't have it at near the top and it's not because it's a bad movie it's just i like all the other movies more like kind of thing i guess i don't know uh but yes it is at my 50 you take out you take out the avenger movies then sure it moves up and and that makes so you like age of ultron better than this no i don't think i have age of ultron before this uh let me let me check again but uh let's go say we we can get the receipts 18 so Okay, <laughs> but you have it like fifteen, really? 15? I have it. There are fourteen better movies than this. I, I in, yeah. in the MCU, yes, I have. I have fourteen movies better. <laughs> if, it, if it makes you feel any better, Pat, once we get done with, once we get done with Endgame, the next couple episodes after that to wrap everything up, we're gonna sit here and we're gonna debate about what the actual order should be. And, <laughs> Not- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna get a little butt hurt. He's gonna get a little butt hurt because the movie that we think should be way higher is just gonna be number fifteen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I think it's it's such a good movie, and all the Kirbyness of it, the Jack Kirby like looks in in mm-hmm. um, you know art and stuff like that is just is phenomenal. So it, it it it's it's such a rewatchable movie, and I enjoy it, Pat. Tell people once again how they can find the Red Opera and yourself online. Yeah. So uh, I'm on Twitter at the Pat Edwards, and my pinned tweet has a link to the Red Opera. Um, if you're listening to this, you're you know a fan of the Geek Elite media community, and um, there's a special Geek Elite link that uh, maybe, I don't know, you're going to put in the show notes, Mitch? I'll put it in the or, show notes. Also, yeah. And Mitchell tweet out. Um, I, I like to keep track of that stuff because like we hit certain points and we have different like affiliates that we give like thank yous to where we send a little money back to them. It's like a thank you that have been, you know, great communities for us and helpful. So um please check out the Red Opera. Uh we all right, dropping a thousand dollars in the bucket since we've been recording. So that's awesome. Yeah. We're almost we're you know eighty-five dollars away from six. Oh, nope, there it goes. Yeah. We're at six, yeah, we went over sixty-seven thousand dollars. That's awesome. Um, we're trying now to get to seventy-five to unlock the um, the pilot, the show pilot. We've currently, so far, we've already unlocked, um, like I said, three uh, new you know mini adventures to include three new warlock subclasses. And the first one we unlocked was this this suite of they're called deadly encounters that I wrote, where all these very dynamic. Um, the, it, the setting where the Red Opera takes place is a city called Yonkath with lots of factions and you're going to encounter a lot of them and some of them you're going to be friends with and some of them you're going to tick off because it wouldn't be D&D if you weren't ticking off NPCs um, <laughs> or, or murdering them. And uh, one of the ones you ticked off is going to come back looking to uh, get some, you know, to even things up for you at a climactic point. And then we created these like different index cards with art and it has like this really interesting encounter. Again, it's not just going to be a fight. It's going to be a very unique. I've told the story. My One of my personal favorite ones I wrote is there's like this guild of like muscle for hire thugs <laughs> that 
they're like neutral. They're like whatever. But if you t- if they're the one that you have to get through, their leader has this like magic talisman. Essentially, it creates like a radius, and it's raining in this radius, and it dispels all weapons and all spells are useless in this radius. <laughs> so you basically have to have like a fisticuffs brawl in the rain in the city streets while the city's like falling apart around you. That's and so even cool. even your casters are like gonna have to like put their dukes up and have yeah. Your uh, mate, you're like your wizard dies to one d four rain damage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things where I took each faction and we've got all these crazy ones um, where it's like and it tailored these specific encounters very much to it's not just again you're fighting this faction it's like something fucking wild or off base is happening that's very akin to the vibe of that faction that you're gonna have to contend with um and just again i guarantee you check it out if you play it's gonna be you're gonna you're gonna encounter stuff you've never seen before you're gonna encounter like types of encounters puzzles situations set pieces um interesting combat mechanic you know uh, twists on combat that you've not seen before. I'm really excited to check this out. Like, like holy crap! I'm excited to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the warlock subclasses alone had me all the way interested. Oh, we've got two new player species too. Oh, they can do. Yeah, it's only forever. Yeah. Um, so the the setting this all takes place is called the Shadelands. It's like a northern tundra type deal, and. Uh, one of them are called uh, Caldenkind, and they're, there's there's a little more tweaks to their appearance, but essentially, for you know, make it simple, they're essentially you know bipedal humanoid polar bears. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have bitches' attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we have this whole lore with them, and they're like native to the Shadelands, and then we created this like variant race of elves. Um, called the Glaubjörn, who are all very like attuned with the seasons, and the season you're born in has an effect on your appearance and what you can do. And it's things like basically you choose this race, and the big like differentiator is you're going to get to choose uh, one of the 13 damage types. And there's like specific ones, like choices for each season that you're born in, like if you're spring or winter or something. And uh, so let's say you're a winter Glau, you can choose cold as your uh, elemental. Uh, affinity and what that means is you're resistant to cold damage but what it also means is you can no matter what you're doing no matter what spell or attack if it deals damage you can as a free action turn it so it doesn't increase how much damage you're doing but you can change the nature of it to your affinity so you could be a winter glow hit someone with a sword and it won't deal slashing damage it'll deal cold damage nice (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> all right so you could like you could be like a, a winter glow like that and be a sorcerer and be like haha fireball but psych it's actually an ice ball <laughs> yeah yeah you you literally cast fireball the mechanics are all the same but your one little perk damage. it does cold damage not fire damage that, yeah that's fantastic chat please i i posted the link just a couple messages up go check it out again if you're in a spot to to donate just donate do it. Fund this. It sounds awesome. I want to check it out. Maybe I can talk Jay Bruce into checking it out once, like once we can, like once we're to a spot. And that'd be so freaking choice, gang. Help them <laughs> out. Do the thing. Hey, Geek Leak, come represent. Maybe I'll come back and we'll do like a little one shot session or something sitting there with I, some. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. My name's Ian. Yeah. I would love to be a part of this. <laughs> 
Just tell well, me when. Thank you, Pat, <laughs> for coming on and and sharing with us uh, about the Red Opera, and it was uh, it was a pleasure to talk thank to you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you very oh. much. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Ian, so, hey, Mitch, where can they find you? No, you're first. Where do you? Where do people find you online? Let's <laughs> try to switch it up. Don't hey, gang. <laughs> Hey gang, my name is Ian Flux. If you're listening to this, you can find us while we record this on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash Ian Flux. That's I-A-N-F-L-U-X. And you can find me on Twitter. Come say hey. I love to chat. Come talk to me on, on Twitter at Ian Flux 12. I-A-N-F-L-U-X. The number's one, two. And then you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media can be found on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. We already said, if you're going to donate any money, donate it to the Red Opera Kickstarter this week. But next month... Go over to uh, our Patreon and uh, check out all the cool exclusive material you can be getting from our network on there, Geekly Media. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, if you're listening to this on a podcast, please rate and review us so that it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 